All right, that ought to get your motor running. All right, if you will, uh, pray with me. Father, thank you so much for our time together here this morning that we can fellowship together. Father, thank you for the gathering and just a time to come together and fellowship. What a blessing it is to see brothers and sisters in Christ uh, just sharing time together and sharing life together. And Father, just uh, praying for one another and uh, sharing our hurts, our fears, our victories with one another. And Father, thank you so much for just blessing us so much with our spiritual family here. And uh, Father, I just pray that uh, you'll quiet our spirits now and that we would open our minds and hearts to hear what you have to say to us through your word. For you are our teacher, you are our instructor, and, and you are our father, and you, you teach us because you love us. And, uh, Father, I pray that we would hear what you have to say and that we would be open to be obedient to what you have to say to us and that we would be willing to uh, take what you teach us apply it to our lives so that we might become more like christ and these things i ask in the name of jesus amen all right well i am so glad that you are here this morning uh, we are continuing our series obviously on renewed today we're talking about a renewed purpose a renewed purpose. This whole series about renewal, about being renewed, uh, opens an opportunity for us to discover all the ways that God wants to renew us. You know, we can, we can kind of have a, a will. We can set our minds and say, you know, I'm going to be renewed. But most of us have been down that road. Maybe it was a uh, at the beginning of the new year and you, you set your mind, right? You set your will and you're going to lose weight. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to read more, whatever it is. And, and how often does that work out? Well, I can tell you from my experience, not very often. Unfortunately, you know, we, we have the best of intentions, but the renewal that we're talking about here is renewal that comes only from God. Now, yes, we, we have to engage in that. We have to humble ourselves and set our minds and be willing to say, God, I want to be renewed. But it goes far beyond just some sort of conscious mental exercise or an act of the will. We want God to renew us so that we might live a full life in Christ. So last week we learned that God wants to renew our spirit. You may remember that you know, we obviously are more than just physical beings. We have a soul and we have a spirit. And, and that our soul, our spirit can sometimes just grow weary with our circumstances. Can grow weary with just living in this broken and fallen world. And so we need to repent we need to allow God to forgive us, and we need to walk in new life. You remember David, in our message last week, said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So we need a renewed spirit. But today we're talking about a renewed purpose. And renewal is just a part of life, isn't it? I mean, if you stop and think about it, sometimes we have to renew our driver's license. Sometimes we have to renew our passports if we're going to travel. 
Some of us have even chosen to renew our marriage vows. But what's the point? Because when something is renewed, it gets new life. It becomes refreshed. As I said last week, it's like hitting a reset button. Taking a new perspective, looking at things differently, setting a new course with new goals. But life, living in this broken world, has a way of making us feel stuck. We can feel that life is just happening to us, happening upon us, or heaping upon us. That life is just happening all around us rather than us living a full, purposeful life. The life that Jesus offers. You know, He said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, unfortunately, sometimes living in this life and living in this world We lose sight of that, and we find ourselves that we are no longer living an abundant life. But we can sometimes feel like that we are just going through the motions. That we are just trying to get by. Let's face it, sometimes we feel like we're just trying to get through it. Just another day. If I could just get through today, if I can just get through tomorrow, if I can just make it to the weekend. Sometimes we just feel stuck. And if you're there this morning, then you need to be renewed. You know, there are a few things in life that are more frustrating than to have an electronic device that you can't get to work. You know, we keep these things around because we feel like we need them. And we keep these things around because we know that there are going to be opportunities to use them. But then when we click them and they, they don't quite work right and they won't come on. Well, then we get really frustrated, right? Because it's not working like it should. The batteries are dead. And it no longer works. It's no longer functioning. It's no longer doing what it's supposed to do. And what is it worth to us? It's worthless because the batteries are dead and it's not working. But doesn't it feel great when we go in there in that drawer in the kitchen Right? We all have one, don't we? We all have that drawer that we call our junk drawer. And when you got stuff that you don't know where else it's supposed to go, it goes in the drunk drawer, right? But when you need something, you know where to find it, right? In the junk drawer. And so you go in there and you look and you dig around and finally somewhere shoved in the back under potholders and magic markers and fishing line and all kinds of other stuff, you find the batteries, And then you just hope they're the right size. And they are. And you replace the batteries. And you put them in. And it works. Isn't that exciting? It's so exciting to have fresh, new batteries. And know 
that it's going to function like it's supposed to. And so we are that way sometimes in life. That our batteries just get run down. And maybe you feel like that today. Certainly many of us have felt that way at times in life. We felt like our very lives have just kind of wound down. And the batteries are dead. And often we can feel this way. Because we've lost a sense of purpose. We're just going through the motions. We're just treading water. We're just trying to get by. And without true purpose for our lives, then we run the risk of feeling just exhausted. We're tired of the same office cubicle every day. We're tired of the same daily routine day after day after day. We're caught up in what has been referred to as the rat race. We are just tired of life day in, day out. And the sense that we live each day with nothing to show for it, no meaning, no purpose. Well, I think many feel like that nowadays. You know, this past year has just sucked the life out of many of us. And that's just no way to live. That is not abundant life. That is not the life that Jesus called us to. He said that He came that we might have life and have it abundant. And it's so unfortunate that Jesus came. He fulfilled His mission. That He came. He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He rose again for our salvation. And so that we might live an abundant life. And yet, so often, we forfeit that. So whenever we feel like we're running low, running low on our batteries, when we are low on steam, and we need to be renewed, you know, there's only one place where we can go to be renewed. You remember what I said at the beginning, that you can't just set your will, you can't just set your mind to be renewed, but it's something that God has got to do. And it's not about a self-help book, and it's not about going to some self-help conference or a workshop or watching videos. There's only one source. Only one source will suffice for renewal. We have to go back to the source of all life. And that source of all life is the God of the universe. The one who created all things. The one who created the stars and the heavens and sustains the planets in their orbit. The God who is the creator of all things. He created me and you. We have to go back to that source of all life. And it is here that we will find purpose, that we will find renewal, that we can find a renewed purpose. The Scriptures speak to this purpose as Paul writes to the Christians living in Ephesus. You know, it turns out that uh, what we think of a lot of times about this lack of purpose really is not something new, but that Paul was actually writing to those of the church of Ephesus in the first century, 
and was addressing something of this same issue. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says, For we are His workmanship. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for a purpose, for good works. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Paul's writing to these folks at Ephesus and telling them that there is purpose in life. And that purpose is found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And that with that relationship comes purpose that we might do good works, that we might glorify God. But it is a beautiful picture here as we see that Paul says that we are God's workmanship. We are His personal creation. This Greek word that is used here for workmanship is poema. It means creation or that which is made. It's actually the word from which we get our English word poem. Think about that for a moment. Isn't that a a beautiful illustration that we are God's poem. We are His project. We are His creation. He dreamed us up. We were conceived in the very mind and heart of God. And He is the author of our lives. And so, yes, emphatically, yes, God has a purpose for each one of us. And so I want you to understand this morning, my first point here is that God made you on purpose and for a purpose. You know, whenever we create anything ourselves, we tend to like it. You know, we take great pride in it. Something that we've made, We tend to see the beauty in it. We see the purpose in it. And we like it. How many of you have ever seen something like this? You know, the kids bring it home and they look at it and they think it's great because what they see in that is creativity. And they see a house and they see mommy or daddy or a dog. I'm not sure. It's mommy or daddy or a dog. I'm not sure what that is. And, uh, you know, and when, when kids do that, you know, you, you start out and you're like, oh, that's, that's great. Now, I see that is a um, um, car, daddy, car. Like, yeah, I was going to say house, but it's a car. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love that. That's really nice. And I want you to put it in your, in your office so everybody can see it. And because uh, so, they love it. They love what they have created. And we're all like that. You know, I've looked back at things that I've written. I've looked back at things that I drew when I was younger. And I think, oh my goodness. You know, I can remember that in my head and it didn't look anything like that. You know, what I saw in my head was like a masterpiece. It was great. And yet, you know, God sees us like that. We sometimes look at our lives and it's a mess. It's hard to tell one thing from another. We look at the past, maybe even look at the present, 
and ask ourselves and wonder, how did I get here? How did things turn out this way? This was never the plan. You know, I didn't intend for it to look like this. I wanted it to be a masterpiece. I wanted my life to be a masterpiece, and yet somehow it hasn't turned out at all like I wanted. But you know, God doesn't look at it that way. To God, you are still a masterpiece. You know, there is a reason that when God created all things, that every day He created, and at the end of each day, He said, it is good. It is good. Just like us, God takes pride in His creation. He loves His creation. We are a poem. We are a poem conceived in the mind and heart of God. And when He thinks about each and every one of you, He calls it good. Because you are His creation. And He created you not by accident, but He created you on purpose and with a purpose. And because He made us, you know, He has the ultimate right. He has the ultimate authority to give our life meaning and to give it purpose. Not the purpose that we might decide, not the purpose that we conceive, not the purpose that we come up with and we think is the best possible thing. Because, you know, when we come up with a purpose for our life, a lot of times this is what it looks like. So we have to be willing to say, God, not my purpose, but your purpose. As Jesus said, not my will, but your will. Father, reveal to me the purpose you have for my life because I want a masterpiece. And so because He made us, then He has the ultimate right to give us meaning and to give purpose to our life. Paul reminds us that we were created for good works. That God has actually created us with a purpose. That He has created us to glorify Him. And that we can glorify Him through our good works as we serve Him and serve others. You remember our mission? Love God. Love others. Make disciples. How do we love God? We serve God. How do we love others? We serve others. We are to love God, love others, serve God, serve others, and He has created us for this purpose. And though you may feel like you have no purpose in life today, God desires to show you that purpose. He has a purpose. He has a plan that He has always had in mind for you. From the time you were conceived, God has had a plan, a purpose for you. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes it feels like that things are just spinning out of control. But one of the things that I have found over my many years is that most of the time, when I feel like that things are spinning out of control and I'm Asking God, God, is this really what you had in mind? I mean, come on, for real, this is what you had in mind for my life? 
And if I get quiet, stop talking and start listening. One of the things that I find is that there's one thing in the way of God fulfilling His purpose in my life. Me. I'm in the way. I'm too busy trying to implement my own purpose, my own plan, and I'm getting in the way of God fulfilling His purpose, His plan in and through me. So maybe God is speaking to you this morning. Maybe God wants you to realize today that though you may have existed so far in this life, living for one purpose, one person, you. Maybe you've been living this life with one focus, and that focus is on you. That life to you is basically just about showing up at work, growing and building your social media followers, playing video games. Maybe your purpose in life is just to eat, to breathe, and to sleep. Not much of a purpose. But God has a new, a renewed, and a greater purpose for your life. You know, Paul, the author of the book of Ephesians, and he also wrote most of the New Testament, he himself is a perfect biblical character to look to for renewed purpose because his life is a perfect example of one who was way off track, way off course, about as far away from God as he could possibly be. And yet, and yet God gave him a renewed purpose, new meaning in life. You see, because before he was the Apostle Paul, he was a man named Saul. Now this man Saul was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish religious leader. He was part of a sect called the Pharisees. He was kind of the elite religious. He was the one who followed every rule. He dotted every I, crossed every T. He memorized everything that needed to be memorized. He followed everything to the nth degree. And not only did he follow it, but he was an enforcer. He was one that made sure that everybody else followed it too. Made sure that they complied. He was so adamant about his dedication, his commitment to the Jewish faith that he was also dedicated to enforcing the Jewish law and the customs. And unfortunately, one of the characteristics of the Pharisees was that they were not very kind to the people of the early church because they saw these Christians, these who were a part of what they referred to as the way, that they might jeopardize the control. They might jeopardize the power of the Jewish religious leaders. Scripture tells us that Saul was so incredibly zealous for his faith as a Jew that he was even recorded in the book of Acts as being responsible for overseeing the stoning of the first Christian martyr, Stephen. 
And if you had asked Saul at that point in his life about the purpose of his life, no doubt he would have been enthusiastic. And he would have told you his purpose, his meaning in life was to stamp out this Christian movement and to ensure the survival, the viability of his beloved Jewish faith. To support and to protect and to ensure the perseverance of the religious elite. To not tolerate these Christians who seem to be causing some disruption. And so because of his enthusiasm, because of his commitment, the man Saul was given direction from the religious leaders to go out and to persecute, to arrest, to harass, and times at times to kill those who were part of the way, those who would call themselves Christians, those who were followers of this radical man named Jesus. Unfortunately, the man Saul had a misplaced purpose. He had misplaced meaning in life. Oh, he had purpose and he had meaning. But it was wrong. It was not God's purpose or plan for his life. And he was missing those very good works that God had planned for him. He was forfeiting the good works because he had his own plan. He was doing his own thing instead of looking to God and saying, God, what would you have me do? Because it is only as we are obedient and follow God's plan, follow God's purpose, that we are going to find satisfaction and peace and meaning in our lives. So Paul, or Saul, had misplaced purpose. He had misplaced meaning, although he was enthusiastic. But then, remember, Saul was God's project. Saul was God's workmanship. And God had better plans for him than for him to destroy the Christians. And so Scripture tells us that one day in his life, the man Saul was transformed. He was renewed. And we see this beginning in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. We see what happened with Saul as he ventured out to destroy the way. It says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, that he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And so my second point to you today is misplaced purpose. You know, we sometimes have purpose. We sometimes think we have meaning in life, and yet it's a little off track. It's not exactly what God would have for us. It's certainly not best for us because 
Only what God has for us is best. And so we, we miss the mark. We think we have purpose, we think we have meaning, and then sometimes that purpose and meaning that we have come up with, like sand through our fingers, just dribbles away. And that purpose and meaning that we thought was so important, it was everything in our lives, just evaporates and it's gone. And some of you this morning can relate to Saul in your life. It's maybe marked by negative aspirations or, like him, even evil intentions. Maybe you're just living for yourself, giving no consideration to those good works or how you might live your life for Christ or how you might glorify God if you were actually living the purpose He has for you. The way you've lived your life so far. Maybe it's not even harmed only you, but maybe it's harmed others and it's caused pain to those around you. But you know, some of you have just been trying really hard. You've been doing your best. Your life has been marked by responsibility and hard work. You've provided for yourself and for your family. But all those years of hard work And now you get the sense that there must be something more. There must be something more. Well, there is. God has a purpose. He created you on purpose and He created you for a purpose. But when I say purpose, I'm not just talking about fulfillment in your job or your career. I'm talking about things that give you passion, things that you feel passionately about. Now, this may have to do with your job. I'm not leaving that out, but there's got to be more. It may have something to do with just certain causes worth fighting for. You may be a person that just wants to invest in a mission or a cause that could use your gifts and your talents But certainly there is purpose, there is meaning, there must be something more. Remember, God has planned good things for you to do. He has good works and He says that we must walk in them. He has given each of us certain talents and skills and resources to allow us to fulfill the purpose He has for us. He's equipped us uniquely to fulfill the purpose He has for us. And if we're off somewhere trying to pursue some other purpose, seeking meaning in life down some other route than what God has given us, then we are not uniquely equipped for that. We are uniquely equipped for the purpose God has for us. Destroying Christians was not God's plan for the man Saul. God, in fact, wanted to use Paul for something great, but it was going to take God's intervention in the life of Saul to help him discover a better reason, a better purpose for living his life. He needed to be renewed. He needed a renewed purpose for his life. Well, we saw 
Paul was bent on destruction. He was bent on getting rid of all of these Christians, these followers of Jesus. And so he left. He was on his way to Damascus to do that very thing. So Paul was on his way to do that very thing. And we pick up in Acts chapter 9, verse 3, it says, Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but not seeing anyone. So Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. He was blind. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And there for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. And so point three here is divine disruption. You see, Jesus, whom Saul was persecuting, confronts Saul while he was en route on his purpose. While Saul was on the route of his purpose, Jesus stepped into that situation and introduced divine disruption. And so Paul, or Saul, is knocked to the ground and he is blinded by a great light. And so what we see is that God steps into this man's life. He steps into Saul's life who is committed and devoted with purpose and meaning, but it wasn't God's purpose or meaning. And so he steps in to renew Saul's life by changing his plan, by reorienting him, (coughs) by setting Saul on a new mission and a new purpose in his life. Now, this is what we would call disruption. You know, we have things happen in our lives sometimes, and we get frustrated because it's not our plan. It's not our purpose. It's not fitting in with what we had anticipated, and we call that disruption. But sometimes God does that on purpose. Sometimes He intervenes in our lives, and what we would call disruptions, He's actually using to get our attention. He's using to get us refocused, maybe off of ourselves and onto something else. Sometimes it takes disruption to get our attention and get our lives refocused, to get our lives renewed. Well, for Saul, it was a bright light, a voice from heaven, and blinded eyes. But for us, it can happen in all kinds of ways, and we need to be attentive to that. We need to be looking for that. Because as I said earlier, you know, sometimes we get our lives so caught up in our purpose We have purpose and we have meaning, but it's the wrong purpose and the wrong meaning. And we devote our very lives, our energy to it. And then over time, it just dissipates. It just evaporates and it's gone. And so sometimes, you know, for some of us, life may be just one big party. That's all we can think about is just getting with our friends and having a good time. And in the process, we realize that all of this partying all the time, staying up late, maybe begins to affect our, our work, begins to affect our performance. Maybe it begins to affect our relationship with others in our lives. And then what happens? 
disruption. Disruption. That was not part of my plan. That's not what I had in mind. You know, I'm going along with purpose and meaning in life. I'm having a great time. And then it all begins to fall apart. Disruption. But God may use that disruption to get our attention, to get us refocused on what is important. You know, for some of us, it's not just the partying, but maybe a part of that, we just want to be popular. We want to be liked by everybody. And so we spend so much time trying to be popular with everyone else. And we want to please everybody else. We want to be popular. And we live our lives with that purpose. And it is from those other people and our relationship with those other people because they're important and they like me and that makes me feel important. We want to be popular. And then you know what happens. One day we we wake up or our circumstances cause us to realize that those people that we have spent so much of our life trying to impress, the truth is, they don't really know us. They don't like us. They never really cared about us. And disruption. Disruption. Right? Life was going along great. It was just exactly as I had planned. I was being popular. I was being liked. And then disruption. So God uses those disruptions. And maybe it's a relationship many of us have tried so hard over the years to try to secure that perfect boyfriend, that perfect girlfriend. And we're willing to do anything. We'll bend the rules. We'll compromise. We'll do anything that they like. We'll do anything they ask so that we might win that perfect boyfriend or girlfriend. And we might do that to the neglect of our own spiritual growth. We neglect time in the Word. Maybe we don't go to church. We neglect time in prayer. Maybe there are moral compromises because we want to give our life to that other person. That's our purpose. It's our meaning. And then one day, they decide to call it quits. Disruption. Life doesn't always go as we had planned. Did I mention the way we had planned? You see, we set out with a purpose and we tried to find meaning in life through our own plan and we disregard God's purpose. And so we need a renewed purpose. Paul or Saul, as we find him, his life was completely altered by Jesus when Jesus intervened in his life. Jesus disrupted his plan. Jesus interrupted Paul's self-given purpose. But Jesus had a different plan for Saul, you see, because he had a God-given purpose for Saul. And Jesus cares about each of us just as much as He did Saul. And He looks in our lives sometimes and He says, You are way off course. You are not living in the purpose that I have for you. 
And He will intervene. He will cause circumstances. He will cause disruption sometimes to get our attention and to get us back on course, to get us back in the purpose that He has for us. And God will do anything. He will do anything to help us discover His purpose in our life. And so we pick back up with our story of this man Saul in Acts chapter 9. In verse 10 it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. He was one of those sorry, like way people, followers of Jesus. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, he said, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who are called by your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name. (laughs) He had a purpose. He had a purpose for him. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Paul's eyes and he regained his sight and then he rose and was baptized. God uses a man named Ananias to help restore Saul's physical sight. He tells him to go where Saul is and lay his hands on him to restore him. But this restoration is far more than just physical restoration. It's far more than just restoring his physical sight. But then in fact, it is a renewal. It is a spiritual restoration, a spiritual renewal. You note in verse 15, the Bible says that Saul is God's chosen instrument. To proclaim the good news of Jesus to the Gentiles. Wow, think about that. I mean, how would it feel for you to know that you were a chosen instrument of God to do good? That you were the chosen instrument of God and He had a purpose for you. (laughs) Well, you are. You are a chosen instrument of God. And He does have purpose for you. God had a plan for Saul, but that plan would not remain to focus on killing Christians. That was Saul's plan, not God's plan. God often uses different agents to help us discover the renewed purpose for our lives. Sometimes He uses people to help us realize that we're off track and to help us get back on track. Sometimes He uses circumstances Sometimes he uses hardship. Sometimes he uses the word, 
the Bible. Sometimes He uses opportunities in our lives. But either way, we have to keep our hearts and our minds open to His leading into His purpose for our life. There are three indicators that we can use to help point us to the path of God's purpose for us. First, God's purpose for you will always align with God's Word. God will not contradict Himself. His Word has given us instruction. And God's plan for you will not contradict His Word. So ask yourself, does the thing that you believe God is leading you to, does it align with God's Word? The second thing, God's purpose for you will almost always be something that you cannot do on your own. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We can do nothing apart from Christ. We can do nothing apart from living in the purpose that He has given for us. God's plan for us requires His involvement, His empowerment for us to fulfill that purpose. The Holy Spirit lives within us and He guides us to step out in faith into a renewed purpose. And then thirdly, God's purpose for you will often be confirmed through obedience. Rarely, rarely does God give us the entire picture at once. Rarely does He tell us at the very beginning all that's going to happen, all that's expected, and where we're going to land. You know the stories. There are so many stories, and even in the Old Testament, where he tells the patriarchs, you know, rise and go. But he doesn't tell them where to go or how to get there or how to know when they get there. He calls them to step out in faith. He tells them, I have a purpose for you. That's enough. It's enough to know that I have a purpose for you. Now get up and step out in faith, trusting me. Living out God's purpose for our lives requires faith, and it means that we must step out in faith, in order to discover the next step in our God-given purpose. Well, after Saul was visited by Ananias, he received his sight, and his entire life's purpose was changed. This man Saul, he went from trying to destroy Christians to being a key agent in spreading the gospel. Well, I don't know, but I suspect that some of you may feel like you're just too far gone. You may feel like that you're just too old or too young. You may feel like God cannot use you. You may feel like that you don't have much to contribute. However, the life of Saul would suggest that God is never done with us. No matter how far gone we may be, Saul was a man who was committed 
to persecuting the Lord Jesus. He was committed to destroying His disciples, to destroying the way, destroying the church of Jesus Christ. And yet He had not gone so far that Jesus could not step in and intervene in His life and give Him a renewed purpose. The reality is that God is never done with us. And He will use anyone to accomplish His kingdom purpose. All I'm asking you today is to look at your life. Examine it. Ask yourself, am I walking according to God's purpose? Am I living according to God's purpose? Or am I simply living out my own plan? And then... I want you to listen for what God has to say to you. And I want you to allow God to renew your purpose in life. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you that you love us so much that you created us on purpose and for a purpose. Father, I pray that you would help us to seek to better understand that purpose. That we would follow you. That we would commit ourselves to being obedient to that purpose. Father, that realizing that we may not even have all the answers. We may not even know exactly all the details about that purpose. But Father, that you would reveal to us enough to help us get started that you would make it clear to us that even though we may not know all the details, but the reality is that you have a purpose for us. Father, then that you would give us the faith to step out into that purpose, trusting you to lead us. Father, give us a renewed purpose today. I ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.